All right. Before we get into the episode, let's get some housekeeping out the way. I am Sierra Narita, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Cake and Conversations. Anything that you hear on this podcast is for entertainment purposes. I am not a trained professional. I draw from my own experience. So if you are someone who needs to seek additional help or professional help, please do so. Now that that is out of the way, let's get into the episode. I'm writing a vision and making it play. Don't think it's a game and some of it just might be hard to obtain uh-huh. I know it, I know it, but I don't care cause I know deep in my brain uh-huh. I'm just there for greatness and I would not get it if I keep on playing uh-huh. So let me go get it Hello good people and welcome to yet another episode of Cake and Conversations I am Sierra Narita and I am so glad that you decided to hang out with me today So... Before I get started, it is like raining crazy outside. I have a window right in front of me. So if you happen to hear rain, thunder, lightning, all of that jazz, just, you know, ignore it because such is life. Um, (laughs) So today I wanted to talk about something that I've actually been talking to my therapist about in our sessions recently. Um... As many of you know, I'm very open about therapy and the need for therapy specifically and especially in the black community. Um, But just I believe everybody in general needs to at some point in their life go through um, a few sessions at the minimum with a therapist. And, you know, so again, that's that's my thing. I I think it's a good way to get things out some things that may not necessarily be on the surface that you may need to dig up and you know pluck things out at the root you can definitely do those things with a therapist now like I said what I want to talk about today is something that I've actually been talking to my therapist about recently um, quite a bit and it's this concept of or idea of reparenting yourself so a lot of times when her and I are in conversations we or she um, will say to me you know this is an opportunity for you to reparent yourself and she said it a few times and at first I was like okay Um, but as the weeks have gone on I've thought I've thought about it and honestly it's absolutely something that I need to do. So I, you know, took to Google and just did some research on like, what is this? Like, I'm pretty smart. I can read between the lines, pick up on my context clues. So I had a general idea based off of our conversations, exactly what it was, but I kind of wanted to see, um, first of all, is this like an actual thing or is this just, you know, words that she uses? (laughs) It's actually a thing. So um, I consulted Dr. Google and I um, wanted to bring to you guys some ideas or some thoughts of minds on reparenting yourself. I think that this concept is something that a lot of people could get a lot of value from and they may not, like I didn't, know that it is a thing and that it's very necessary for a lot of our growth. On my quest to get additional information about this idea of reparenting yourself, I came across a blog talk on uh, Talkspace.com. And according to the blog, 
reparenting yourself can help an individual recognize and repair non-functional and I would actually add dysfunctional behaviors. Um, So in other words, those things that you do that may not necessarily be serving you well, reparenting yourself helps give you or helps implement those tools that you might need to kind of put yourself on the track that you want to be on. Also, according to this site, reparenting yourself is based on the belief that issues stem from a child growing up without his or her needs being met. The child is not made to feel secure and unconditional love. So they grow up to be an adult who can't navigate relationships and life as well as they should. And I would also add, or I would probably um, change that last sentence because as well as they should, that's kind of a relative statement. You really, you can't really measure that. So I would say to that as well as they believe they can, because so many times we have this idea of what we want to be and we kind of stand in our own way and block that. So whatever we feel like we can be, we typically, we usually can, you know, um, I know we were told, a lot of us were told as children that, you know, the sky's the limit, do whatever you want to do or be whatever you want to be. That's not necessarily the case. A lot of us have figured it out as we've grown older, that there are boundaries and limits on things that we can do. However, most of the time we have realistic ideas of what we can be or the things that we can do. We just don't do them for whatever reason. We stop ourselves or we have um, things that we allow to block us from getting to or living in our full potential, be it fear, be it a relationship, be it, you know, any other external factor. We tend to allow those things to block us. And a lot of times that's because back in our youth, we have an issue that was never repaired or was never addressed. So it kind of stunted our growth in that area. And that's not to say that you are someone who is immature. That's not the, that's not saying that because I'm very mature. <laughs> However, I do recognize in myself that there are issues or um, parts of me that were stunted as a as a as a youth because of the way that I had been parented. Now, I am someone who came from a household with two parents. I was raised by my mother and my father. They were married, um, and they divorced when I was, I believe, around sixteen. And I'm the oldest of their children together. So, I was raised by my parents. So by the time they divorced, I was a junior in high school, give or take. I was, no, I was definitely a junior in high school. (laughs) Um, I don't know why I say give or take, but I was a junior in high school. And um, physically, both of my parents were there. They were physically in the house. When I woke up, I would see them. I went to bed. They were there, you know, with the caveat that they potentially were gone out or working or whatever. But Generally speaking, they were physically present. However, they were not necessarily emotionally available. And what I mean by that, I can't within myself, and this is probably like me giving them a cop out, but whatever. I can't completely blame them because you can only give what you have to give. And if they were not 
taught or if they were not developed in that area, then they didn't have anything to pour into me and my siblings. So it's a generational thing. A lot of these things are generational that come into play. And for me, which is one of the reasons why I'm so adamant about everybody seeking therapy is because for one, like I said, it gives you a neutral party to address a lot of these issues, but it also allows you to break those generational curses or break those generational habits that have been so prevalent in your family and throughout your generations. So for me, like I said, um, it's evident to me that they didn't necessarily have or have the tools or didn't know how to parent all of us in a way that we needed to be parent. And for me, I recognize where those areas are lacking. So I tend to overcompensate in those areas. And one of the major, major issues that as an adult, I I know I have is um, being an overachiever. Like I literally strive to be the best at everything that I do. And honestly, if I feel like I cannot be the best, I probably won't even do it. I won't even try if I feel like I can't succeed. Not necessarily the best of the best of the best, but in my eyes, if I feel like it's not going to be successful, typically I don't try. I recognize that that comes from my youth and wanting to be accepted and wanting to be seen and wanting to be heard and wanting to be to get the attention that I needed. Um, And so I kind of overachieved in sports. I overachieved at school, which for a parent, it's like I'm the good child. I don't have I don't have to worry about you. So I don't have to pour into you when as a child I'm saying I'm doing all these great things. Look at me, see me. So it's it's kind of a communication breakdown and that a lot of us parents tend to deal with if we have, especially if we have multiple children that we have to deal with and maybe uh, one or more of our children are not necessarily always behaving in the way that we think is ideal. That particular child tends to get the most attention. Whereas those children who are overachievers who hope or who have been doing well, or in our eyes are doing well, then we don't tend to give them the attention that they necessarily need because we don't feel like they um, need the attention to correct behaviors. Well, attention for children is not all about correcting behaviors. Sometimes it's just about edification and about um, uplifting and pouring into them positive things so that they can then have a positive self-worth so that the generational things that they pour into their children will be positive. So all of these things are like coming up and they're coming up very recently in these therapy visits um, and even actually outside of therapy, which I'll get into. But um, I wanted to just kind of give a couple of pointers of how it how someone would reparent themselves um, or things that I feel like are necessary to reparent yourself. And um, yeah, so one of the main things I think, well, there I don't want to say main things because they're all like main things. But one of the things that I feel like is necessary to uh, reparent yourself is positive self-talk, be it daily affirmations or just checking yourself when you tend to 
allow yourself to think negatively about yourself in any type of way be it your physical appearance or your mental capacity, your intellectual ability, your speaking voice, like whatever it is, everybody tends to be their own worst critic. So I would say take your time and think before you speak, even when you are speaking to yourself. I know for me, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful to have um, a few friends around me who will pour into me even when they may not necessarily think that they are but they deliver those self those um positive affirmations to me and also if i tend to be in a conversation or a funk and i'm talking to them they'll quickly check me so even having people around you who are able to help with those checks and balances like one thing for me i've talked about friends in the past on this podcast and I am so big on friends. And as I get older, um, I become more and more um, intentional about the friendships that I have and the ones that I develop and the, the people that I pour into because people that I consider friends, I bring them into a very sacred space. And so they know a lot about me and they hear a lot about me and I need to be able to Um, rely on them in the situations where I may be talking negatively about myself in their presence and they can call me on it. Or if I'm acting out of character in some way, they'll say something like those. Those are the type of people that I I tend to have around me. So that positive self-talk is huge because we don't realize how much our words matter. The Bible tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the thing is, that's so true. Like the things that we speak, it's not it's not like a um, I think a lot of Christians try to take that scripture or use that scripture to kind of almost like not say anything negative because it'll come to pass. Well, it's, it's not like magic. It's not that what it is, is that the things that you speak, the things that you say, those things that you're putting out into the world to towards other people, towards yourself, you start to internalize them and and so do they. So, you know, just because you say the sky is purple, that doesn't mean that the sky is going to turn purple. But if you are constantly hearing or constantly saying to people that, you know, you are whatever negative thing, you're dumb, you're, you're, um, uneducated, you are fat, you are unattractive, you're not pretty. If you constantly hear those things or you're constantly saying them to to people that you are that are in your circle, specifically your children, those things are going to be internalized. And even if it initially did not start that way to where they actually believed it, eventually there's going to be a part of your planting seeds. That's the thing you're doing. You're planting seeds and those seeds will eventually be watered and grow based off of If it's not you, someone else that is around them, someone who may not necessarily care about them as much as you do. And although you may not, you may have been joking when you said it, or you may not had any ill intentions when you said these things, seeds are being planted. That's what that scripture means. Um, So yeah, positive self-talk. Like I said, that, that can come in the form of daily affirmations or just checking yourself when you are thinking negative about yourself. Another way to 
reparent yourself is figure out what you needed but was missing as a child and that can happen in so many different ways um obviously therapy is one of a major way that that can happen because so many times we especially as christians we want to only rely on god we want to take god everything in prayer which is absolutely what you should be doing um however god also put people in this world god didn't make us to be alone god didn't create us to be alone he didn't create us to do life by ourselves and sometimes in the process of doing life we need someone who is a neutral party who can see the bigger picture who can give us or pour into our lives in a way that we may not necessarily be able to at the time so therapy is definitely um, a way to figure out what it is that you needed as a child that you may not have received um, and then help you figure out how to now receive those things for yourself as an adult of course prayer like i said prayer and therapy go hand in hand <laughs> i believe that if you have something that you need to take before the lord you absolutely need to take it before the lord um and then sometimes those answers come to you through a therapist sometimes we pray and we don't take the time to actually listen and we a, a lot of us god knows us and he, like he knows me i can't speak for everybody but god knows me he knows that I can and probably will sometimes second guess the things I don't like to say. That sounds bad to say second guess what God is telling me, but it's the truth. However, I if I'm hearing the same thing through a person that I feel like is kind of like confirming what God has already told me, which if you if you know anything about way God works, any anybody that's coming to you speaking a word to you from God is only coming to you as confirmation. God has already told you or already said to you the things that you need to hear or do. Um, so a lot of times those things are confirmation of what God is already placing you. So definitely prayer. Pray and with prayer comes meditation, which is actually listening to what God has to say. Like I just said, a lot of times we can pray and we throw all this stuff before the Lord and then we don't wait and hear his answer. So we go pick it back up. And so we get into this vicious cycle of dropping it down, picking it back up, dropping it down, picking it back up because we never wait. We never take a pause to hear what it is that God wants us to hear or to accept the things that he has told us so that's another thing um and then one thing for me which i have realized outside of therapy talking to and helping others that are in your circle be it family members close friends things like that i know for me one of um my major issues like I said, I just mentioned it about me kind of being an overachiever and the things that I, I did as a youth to kind of put myself out there to put, to hopefully gain the attention of my, my parents. I didn't even realize that it was such a big issue for me until I actually had a conversation with one of my cousins and her and I were talking. Um, it's so funny because it's started off as a conversation for me kind of encouraging her she had recently lost her dad and it's kind of a conversation that just started with me checking on her and morphed into this epiphany for myself 
she asked me one question and I was like, you know what? And then it was kind of like word vomit. And I was like, you know, I just realized something about myself. And so having those candid conversations with people who care about you, people who love you, people that you can be vulnerable with, people that you can um, be unapologetically you with, having those conversations with those type of people will allow you to um, open yourself up to figure out what it is about you that you need. So therapy, prayer, meditation, and having open communication and dialogue with people that are in your friend circle that are that are close family members things that you people that are around you that you love like having those conversations definitely tells you more about yourself and it'll help you figure out what it is that you were missing that you still need um the next thing i want to say and this is this is all straight up to me is to go to bed (laughs) now this I speak to you as I speak to myself. (laughs) I have said many a times on the podcast, off the podcast, just everyday life, I am a night owl. I've said it and it's the truth. However, that habit was developed as a kid or even in my early night, you know, teen years or not early teen years, later teen years, early twenties, when I was a college student, that was a habit that I developed. It was a horrible habit, but it was a habit that I developed out of necessity. I needed to be up in my later teens and um, early twenties. I needed to be up late because that was the only time I had available to study for classes. I was working through my undergrad and then eventually my master's degree. Like that was the time that I had to do that dealing with two small children Um, and then even before that as a youth it was kind of like a badge of honor to stay up late like to stay up at these ungodly hours it was like it was kind of it was cool to do to survive off as little sleep as humanly possible as an adult literally is just exhausting it's just exhausting If you don't have a nine to five, I do. But if you don't, then you may have children that require your attention early in the morning. I know when my kids were little, they used to get up so early and I would be like, could not function. It's a miracle that I don't drink coffee. Like I've never acquired the taste for it. But I know a lot of people, especially like when they start having children or when they're in college and all these things, they start to drink coffee or need that extra pick me up. They just get into like the um, energy drinks and stuff like that. I never was someone who drank any of those things, a lot of caffeine or coffee or energy drinks or sodas. Like I was never that person. I have no idea how, but literally was functioning off of fumes for years. So now that that habit was developed, it's so hard for me to kind of get into a pattern of going to bed early and making sure that I'm taking care of my physical body in that way. So definitely go to bed. It's hard. It's going to take time to kind of get yourself onto a routine and you're going to have to be intentional about it. Again, as I speak to you, I speak to myself because these are things that I absolutely need to do because I do not do them. I do not do them often enough. I don't um, 
do them to the very best of my ability. I don't. And there's absolutely no reason why at this point in life I'm up so late because there's nothing going on. I don't really like social media like that especially right now it's so much negative stuff happening but I just am not a fan of just constantly scrolling when I'm like in the bed anyway if I'm watching tv that's a big if um it's typically something that is just on like it's typically something that's just on the tv it's kind of watching me I'm not really paying attention to it and honestly if I'm up that late I'm probably watching YouTube videos. <laughs> Literally something that is not urgent, can wait, will be there tomorrow. And I'm just up. So getting to a routine and getting to the groove of actually going to bed and giving your body the rest that it needs. I, I've realized that when I go to bed at a decent time to allow my body to rest in the way that it, it, does, it needs, I'm not dragging in the morning. I can get up earlier. I've gotten up many a times before my alarm, which is a little frustrating sometimes, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I've gotten up a many a times before my alarm, but it's just allowing your body to rest. And when you give your body the rest that it needs, it will give you back the things that you need. So you you will be able to function better, think Think more clear in all of the other aspects of your life. So definitely go to bed, get you some sleep. Um, and then the final thing that I wanted to say dealing with reparenting yourself is realize that you are the author of your story. You know, as, as a child, um, we're kind of at the mercy of our parents or our caregivers but as an adult, every decision, every idea, every thought we are in control of. And I know it may not necessarily seem like it. A lot of times um, it seems like we have outside forces that are making us do things. But honestly, everything is a choice. Every single thing is a choice. Every choice has a consequence or a reaction every single choice does absolutely and that's that's where you as an adult can weigh those options and determine what is it that you are okay with and what you're not so for instance if you have a choice of staying up late watching youtube videos which i have taken that choice many a times well what's the result the result is or the consequence is that in the morning if it's a, especially if it's a work morning, then I'm going to be dragging. I'm probably going to have to not get as cute as I want to be for work because I took forever to get out the bed because I was tired. Um, I am probably not going to be able to get a workout in in the morning again because I took too long to get out the bed and I was tired. <laughs> so it, it starts to affect your, my entire day because the night before I didn't plan and I didn't go to bed on time. And so the next day, it takes me longer to kind of wake up and get in the groove of things. Or um, another thing is people that you decide to have in your circle like again you are in control of your thoughts your ideas and your decisions so it's okay to tell people no it's okay to tell people that you know this relationship is no longer serving a, a positive purpose for myself and so I'm going to step back from it 
that doesn't mean that you have to cut people off for the rest of your life or the rest of their lives. It just means that at this moment, I'm not growing. I'm not growing in this relationship. I'm not, we're not pouring into each other in a positive way. So let's kind of step to our separate corners, regroup, and then potentially come back again. That is a hard conversation to have. It is a very adult conversation to have so that you're not just dealing with people that you have no desire to deal with. And honestly, I don't always have that conversation. There are some people that are, that is in my life that probably shouldn't be, or um, I shouldn't give them so much attention, or I shouldn't um, put so much faith in them. I don't want to say faith. I, don't, I shouldn't put so much um, trust in them, if you will. I, I do know that there are people that are in my life and, and and a lot of it is because of longevity. A lot of it is because of a feeling of obligation, whatever it is. But that's my decision. Okay, so what's the result or the consequence of that decision? Sometimes I'm frustrated. Sometimes I am frustrated with these people and it's it's hard. It is hard. It's frustrating to to see people in a way that they don't see themselves. And so you fight to um, get them to just live up to the expectation or the idea of them that you have um, because you see the potential in them. However, it's their decision to live up to that potential or not. And you have to just love them where they are. And in that, if you choose to continue to be around them or continue to have a relationship with them, whatever that relationship may be, you have to be okay with loving them where they are. So again, you are completely in control of your story. Whatever that story looks like, whatever the characters are in your story, you are in control of that. Remember, as you reparent yourself, again, your your parents, when you were younger, made a lot of those decisions for you. A lot of parents was like, no, you can't hang out with that person or yes, you can hang out with this person or this person is a bad influence or this person um, is like a frenemy or a shady friend or whatever it is or no, this location may not necessarily be good for you to visit or no, it's not good to do this behavior, whatever it is. A lot of times our parents guided us in that way. But if you had, if you were not guided in that way by a parent, then maybe you don't, you haven't developed the skills needed to potentially cut off a relationship or potentially change your own behaviors or potentially step out and do things on your own or go into spaces where you're not necessarily comfortable or step outside of your comfort zone. You are in complete control of your story. So as a part of reparenting yourself, you have to give yourself the space and the grace to make mistakes, the space and the grace to do things that you may not necessarily have always thought you were capable of doing or do things that you may have always wanted to do, but you've always stopped yourself from doing for whatever reason, because you had some idea of what you should be doing. I know for me, one thing that I realized, I realized this like years ago, and I, to this day, I'm still trying to break out of it. I don't do it as much, but I I did used to do it way worse than what I do now. But as a kid, it didn't seem like we would get like a lot of stuff. I mean, I didn't realize like we were not poor, 
we were probably lower middle class, I would say, growing up. Um, but we we were fine, you know. We lived in the suburbs, whatever. But like I said, we were probably lower. I would consider us probably lower middle class, knowing that now. That being said, we didn't always have um, the means to get a lot of things like clothes or shoes or whatever. What I would do as a child is I would kind of quote unquote save things for a special occasion and then those special occasions never came. So it would be clothes that I had never worn because I was trying to save these things for a special occasion or whatever. And it's like, a special occasion could just be that the good Lord woke me up the next day. That's a special occasion because everybody didn't make it to this day. Everybody didn't make it to this point. We need to learn to celebrate those smaller things or those things that may seem insignificant or those things that we feel like we do because that's just what we do or that's just what we're supposed to do. Those things should be celebrated because not everybody is doing it. Not everybody is parenting their children in a way that they are whole and healthy. Not everybody is encouraging their young people to seek out therapy or, you know, make sure that they have positive um, sexual health and, or make sure that they have ideas about themselves that are edifying. Not every parent is doing that. So while... I am someone who didn't necessarily congratulate or pat myself on the back for these things. And although other people around me would say like, oh my gosh, you are doing this so great, blah, 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 blah. For me, I never internalized it because I'm like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. However, that's going back to that positive self-talk. And it's also going back to me writing my story. Yes, I'm out here killing it. So I can own that and I don't have to wait for some big, major, special thing to happen for me to enjoy the time. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and throw in another one because this is something else as um, I think reparenting yourself, you absolutely should be doing. It is being in the moment. And what I mean by being in the moment, it's like, Take the time to really embrace and appreciate where you are and how far you've come. So many times, I know for me, so many times I've I've looked towards where I want it to be that I don't acknowledge all of the work that I've done to get to this point because I've come a long way. I, I still have a lot of work to do. I still have a long way to go, but I've come from so far. And so being in the moment helps me to recognize the accomplishments that I've had and not even just the accomplishments, but just the the things and the moments that I that I'm that I have that I am a part of like being in the moment helps me to really embrace those things and create the memories and allows me to have the mental space and kind of pat myself on the back when I need it. So yes, definitely. That's the final tip for me is to be in the moment so many. So don't always look to the next thing or the next goal or the next accomplishment. Recognize it's okay to recognize where you've been. It's, a, it's okay to look at those milestones along the way. If you don't understand where you've come from, then you won't see how far you've come. But yeah, you definitely have to 
realize that you can write your own story in the process of reparenting yourself. Whatever it was that you were missing, whatever it was that you were lacking as a child, understand that you can still have those things. You can still get those things. All is not lost. When God woke you up today, when God wakes you up tomorrow, then you have another opportunity to get it right. You have another opportunity to make the positive changes within your life that you need to make so that you can then in turn be a better person and break those generational curses, break those generational habits that have been plaguing your family for so many years. I love the fact that my children are open and talk about things like mental health, talk about things like um, anxiety and depression and sexual health and all of these other things, things that I never had a conversation about as a child, things that I never um, thought about as a child because, or as a youth or as a teen, or even in my younger 20s, like never had these conversations. So for me, having to navigate those worlds on my own, I don't want to have my children to have to do that. So I've put them in a position to where I have now broken those generational habits or generational curses that have been plaguing my family because I know better. And since I know better, I do better. So as I as I grow and reparent myself and morph into the woman that I want to see myself being and the woman that God is creating me to be, as I become her, I will, first of all, I will forever be becoming her. I will, it will, it will never be achieved completely because I'll always be growing. I'll always be learning. I'll always be developing. There'll always be something more for me to pour into myself and to receive from God. So as I'm becoming, it is a lifelong journey. It is a lifelong process that will never end. So I encourage you all to find or figure out if there is an area in your life where you may have not received the things that you needed to receive from your parent or your caregiver or someone caused your growth to be stunted in a way as a youth, I encourage you to look at that. I encourage you to dig into that and figure out what is it that you now as an adult can do to reparent yourself or change your focus or change your mind or um, develop that part of you that may not have been developed at a time when it was necessary. So you still have time to develop those things within yourself. Like I, for one, still have time or I am now developing those parts of me to where I'm not or I'm coming out of having to be such a people pleaser and such um, a an overachiever and wanting to be seen or wanting to be accepted by people. Now, I don't really care. I, I am who I am. And I'm not going to say I don't really care because that's not necessarily true. But I am who I am. And to say that I don't care how other people see me I'm getting to that point. I'm not 100% there yet. I, I, I will be honest, I'm not there yet. However, as I continue on my journey, I do see myself getting there. I do see myself getting to the point where 
um, I'm not so grieved with telling people no, or I'm not so distraught with telling people how I truly feel about certain situations or certain things they may have said or certain ideas that I don't agree with. So all of these things kind of stemmed from me not or me feeling like I wasn't seen as a child or, you know, acknowledged or my accomplishments were not necessarily um, acknowledged in a way that I felt like they needed to be. So, yeah. This one, this this was an an interesting topic. I don't know if, if many of y'all have heard of, of reparenting yourself, but it's definitely a concept that I think a lot of us need to incorporate in our lives. And I mean, I mean, it's not everybody. Everybody, some people actually had amazing um, upbringing and received all of the things that they needed. But most of us didn't. Most of us in some way felt like things were lacking in some way felt like we were missing out on a part of life that we needed or a part of love that we needed or a part of just upbringing that was lacking so if you are one of those people i hope that these tips were um, helpful to you and i hope that you do explore the parts of you that may not necessarily be where you want them to be or um, if you feel like there are parts of you after listening to this that you know you sit with yourself and think like you know I do be tripping or (laughs) yeah that's probably not okay or yeah I probably do need to grow up like if, if those are things that you think about yourself then you know I, I encourage you to dig deeper and I encourage you to figure out where the root of that thing is and dig it up, dig it up and throw it away because you're not who you were. You'll never be that person again. You'll always be evolving. You'll always be growing. You'll always become a better version of yourself, but you have to do the work. All right. So I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. Um, for another episode of Cake and Conversations. Again, I am Sierra Narita, and I will talk to you soon.